This week on the podcast, we are getting to the bottom of what's going on with the iOS 14 update and its war with Facebook. Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. Today we have our very own Megan Daly, the paid social manager here at Whole Whale. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's a Friday, it's sunny here in New York, so no complaints. We were just joking how you have managed a long time at Whole Whale (laughs) without being on the podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an avid listener, I promise. I listen every week. I've just never made it around to an episode. Well, here you are in your debut because you, you know, like you live, breathe, eat, sleep. You could run circles around me when it comes to, you know, ads, ad grants, certainly Facebook. Uh, you have spent, uh, I can't disclose, but large amount of over a million dollars in money at this point on Facebook. So, you know, your stuff and there's something going on that actually a listener reached out to us saying like, can you help us get to the bottom of this? So I'm going to hand it to you. What is going on with the iOS 14 update that has people up in arms, confused? Yeah, so I think it's helpful to just define what these things are. So take a step back. But essentially, when we say iOS 14, that is Apple's kind of most current iPhone, iPad operating system. I am not a developer in any way, shape, or form, so don't ask me for details. Um, But when we talk about this update, this mysterious update, we're talking specifically about iOS 14.5, which is an update that Apple will soon be pushing to all of its kind of suite of products that includes a lot of standard things um, that come with iPhone updates, but the one that is kind of making a buzz in the digital advertising community is about this prompt. It's called the ATT prompt. I believe that's app tracking transparency prompt. Um, And essentially what this is, is that let's say I'm on my phone after this update is downloaded on my phone and I open up Facebook, I get a full screen, cannot close out, cannot X out, cannot prevent from happening prompt that says, hey, Facebook uses your data and uses, and tracks you both on the platform and offline or um, on other websites. And it wants to continue doing that to deliver you personalized advertising. Do you want Facebook to do that in so many words? And then the user, it's totally up to them to either opt in to the prompt, which is essentially opting out of tracking, um, which you either allow tracking or don't. And then what happens from there is is kind of two different stories, um, but that's kind of the sense. and. One of the reasons I think this is making a lot of headlines is because for a while now, for many months or years, it is possible to opt out of tracking platform by platform if a user wants to. It's never been been so in your face, so to speak. So it's never taken the form of such a, a front facing prompt that a user kind of has to make a decision right then and there. And I think a lot of people, I'm certainly anticipating that with the way Apple is phrasing this prompt, a lot of people are going to be inclined to, to opt out of, of tracking. So to summarize, updates are coming. These updates are essentially forced across these Apple devices at some point. You're like, oh, will everybody do it? Like, yeah, at a certain point, it's just forced across these devices. And this mm-hmm. is going to happen when-ish? Yeah, so early spring, which I understand is is where we are now, but unfortunately, Apple has not released kind of a 
a concrete date for the update. It is currently in beta mode, I know. Um, so I think a select few users might be experiencing it um, across a variety of apps, but no hard date. So we are just kind of preparing as much as we can um, before this kind of switch um, switches, so to speak. So when we look at this, you wrote an article, by the way. So like, it just seems like, oh my gosh, this is so detailed. This will be in the show notes. Don't worry. I like, why, why do people care? Like, why does this really matter for an average nonprofit listening? Like why, like, assuming they've listened this far, thank you. Why does this matter? <laughs> yeah. So I think advertisers, nonprofits who advertise on Facebook agencies like Whole we're concerned because essentially if a user opts out of tracking, so chooses not to share their browsing activity and information with a platform like Facebook, it really then hinders our ability, the organization's ability to reach the people that they want to reach. And in the case of smaller nonprofits, that sometimes comes down to a very specific county or set of zip codes um, or very small, tight-knit constituent base. Um, and that's really where personalized advertising can really excel and retargeting can excel, et cetera. Um, and so when you remove Facebook, other apps, we'll primarily talk about Facebook, when you remove some of that data that they're able to collect, that can really, unfortunately, very seriously impact um, the performance of some of those types of campaigns. Um, however, not, not all hope is lost, specifically with Facebook, um, because as we know, they have a lot to lose if their advertisers are unhappy. A large majority of their revenue stream comes from people being able to buy personalized ad placements on their platform. So they've actually been very transparent, have come up with a lot of tools and resources for organizations, specifically small businesses and nonprofits who they know have a lot to lose because of this Apple prompt um, and the repercussions for it. And um, they've been kind of at the forefront of all of this. And um, they've had to kind of come up with their own solutions because that's currently how the landscape is. So Apple put out this prompt and now it's up to every app to come up with their own solution. So there's no one unified solution yet either. And I, I anticipate Facebook will kind of, as it always is, be at the forefront and be kind of the leader in the space when it comes to a response to this. And it seems like there's a massive update that they're rushing to make on their end, which, you know, boils down to like, okay, now we're getting into the practical things. Like there's work to be done now. We have to update with these like new events, like what's going on? Yeah, so essentially there are certain things that organizations, if you're advertising on Facebook, two primary steps that you can take right away to prepare yourself for these changes. Um, because once the changes come, there's really only, only so much you can do. We'll have some recommendations, spoiler alert, um, for how to combat some of this. But if I had to give one piece of advice, if you're currently running Facebook ads right now and you wanna prepare for this prompt is to really one, verify your domain. Um, which is a pretty simpler process. It sounds a little bit scarier than it is. Um, takes, you know, five, 10 minutes. And then to configure um, certain events. And for the sake of this, we'll keep it pretty high level. Events are our goals. So what types of campaigns are you running on Facebook? What types of goals do your organization want to achieve? And you'll just have to configure those and there'll be a new eight event goal limit essentially, um, which actually shouldn't impact smaller organizations, nonprofits as much as, as some of the larger players in the game, but verify your domain configure your events. Those are the two things you can be doing right now to prepare for this update, to have uh, no uninterrupted campaigns um, or, or kind of bumps in the road. Gotcha. And so 
my understanding of this thing, and I think, um, what is it? It's called some sort of new acronym, right? And it's like a thing they're calling it. It's the uh, Facebook lead generation forms or, no, it's aggregated event management. And so a new acronym, AEM. So these aggregated event measurement tools. Do you have any idea how those things work? Yeah, again, not, not a developer, so can't speak to the technical expertise, but essentially what, it's essentially Apple's uh, Facebook's response to Apple's ATT prompt, so AEM. Essentially, it just is gonna change how, when Facebook receives event data, that happens more specifically on a website or on an app, so a goal conversion, a volunteer sign up, et cetera. Normally, right now, how it is, it can just send that data right back to Facebook if you have everything tracked correctly and you kind of get the one-on-one -on -one or one-to-one -one kind of goal completion, you'll see that conversion in Facebook. Now, they have to process it through this protocol called aggregated event measurement, where they have to do a lot of hashing and um, making things more anonymous and aggregating things and taking averaging and sampling, et cetera. Um, so that is, is actually a pretty big deal because that will then in turn change how many conversions are reported, which then affects kind of your bottom line CPA numbers, et cetera. So you can kind of see how that eventually snowballs, but it's all kind of in the name of better user privacy. Um, and I should also mention that only people's only people who opt into the iOS 14.5 prompt, and when I say opt in, that again means opt out of tracking, that is the data that will be affected. Everyone else will kind of go through the standard. Um, however, your kind of conversion tracking is set up. Usually that's something like the Facebook pixel. So that will actually remain unchanged, but it's good to kind of get a sense now, and there are ways you can do this. Um, you can get a sense of how much of your existing audience, whether that's through ads or just kind of at large, is using an iOS. Um, is using the, the iOS uh, software operating system, again, not a developer. Um, and you can do that through things like Facebook. Analytics has um, features where you can just get what percentage of your audience is using iOS. You can also do that through We Love Google Analytics, a third-party analytics platform. Um, and that can also help set expectations and kind of give you a sense of um, how much will my Facebook reporting conversions event data be, be impacted based on how many users kind of rely on iOS right now. Yeah, assume a third to a quarter. If you're if you're just uh, give me a, a dollar bet on anything, yeah. right? Half your traffic is mobile, half of that is uh, uh, is probably iOS driven. You may over under index based on your target audience demo, but pay attention to that. But this is um, this is important because I just want to make sure that that's clear is like, frankly, your ability to track especially if you're doing paid campaigns on Facebook to the exact purchase is essentially going to be aggregated and sampled as opposed to one-to-one -one matched perfectly for optimization campaigns. And so this may have trickled down on uh, conversion rate optimization campaigns that you're doing uh, and sort of the, the transparency there in, in your ads, maybe making it less effective or maybe pushing you more to a pay-per-click strategy where you then are just like, all right, let's go backward and just say like, okay, I understand the value of a click. I don't understand the value of the conversion because it may be undercounted, um, if anything, because a quarter of your traffic is going to have blinders on. Uh, I'm taken back to the days when Apple notoriously Steve Jobs basically just declared war on Flash and said, like, this is a silly technology. 
we're not going to deal with Flash anymore. The Iowa, we're just not going to support it. And that was it. Even though they didn't even command as large a market as they did. Like, think about this. This is like, you know, a decade plus back. They didn't command as large a market. And that was it for Flash. People stopped developing in it. I think this is a major move. And it's a major move because it's beginning to see this sort of, wait a minute, if if you play this out, why does Apple care about security and my, my cookies and Android doesn't? Wait a minute, I want to use the device. That's a feature that I care about. I am tired of Mark Zuckerberg's face peering into my business. Why does Android let that? Oh, wait a minute. And it plays this feature war and having to keep up. Um, you also see the rise of alternative browsers of DuckDuckGo, uh, things like Brave Browser, which allows you to you know, scan and go through the web, frankly, untrackable or, or cookie-less. And I, I think there's a, there's a storm coming, but it's a good storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good storm for the user, and it's going to be forcing nonprofits and social impact companies that are that are in advertising that are in trying to get the attention of people for the good of the humans uh it's gonna push you to to some more creative measurement and uh more of a focus on it i don't know what do you think about that yeah no i agree i was gonna say that this could lead into a whole potential other podcast episode about data data privacy and user rights online which is not of course limited to to this podcast but a much larger discussion happening at a, a political level um so without divesting too much into that um and more so to harp on your point about getting creative about thinking about what data you actually need to be effective and to talk to your community, your constituents, your supporters, if you're a nonprofit. Um, and I think it's it's really interesting. I've been doing some reading um, and kind of recommendations on my own. And to your point about we're definitely moving away. Google has announced they're getting away. They're removing third-party cookies. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Facebook pixel getting a little bit less effective when it can't kind of do that one-to-one -one measurement. So I think, um, again, specifically on Facebook, some ways to get around this or some things to start thinking about is really growing your um, your owned data or kind of the, the data you have on your supporters that, you, that they have already opted in to give you. So not relying on third-party pixels and cookies, sending it back to the platform. And, and a really basic example of this, and I know one we talk about a lot at Whole Whale is just the value of your email list. And so the value of potential lead generation ads and, and growing that list of supporters you can talk to then, and you don't have to rely on retargeting website visitors, or you don't have to rely even at all on these social media platforms if you chose not to, because now you've opened up another um, communication stream with them, one that they have opted in to already want to hear from you. So um, I think we'll see a trend if I had to make predictions um, or, or a dollar bet, I think we'll see trends more conversion campaigns on Facebook that are keeping users on Facebook, which is what Facebook wants. Um, so lead generation forms, instant experiences, things that you can then retarget people who took actions on Facebook, because that will not be impacted by any of this Apple prompt kind of hubaloo that's going on. Um, and you can kind of build those audiences that way. And then of course, once you get their information, talk to them through these different um, streams to so not rely as heavily on um, the kind of personalized advertising. Although I'll caveat all of this with the fact that Facebook has been very quick to react to this. And I've attended 
probably way too many webinars that they've put out. Um, but I, I do appreciate the transparency, but I do think right now it's kind of a, a point your fingers game. So Facebook and Apple are not talking to one another um, when they're doing this. And Facebook makes it very clear that they wish Apple would come to the table, so to speak, so they could find a solution that works for everyone. I have hope that maybe that will happen um, and that, that then this will change the process a little bit. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of my outlooks for the future. Um, but I agree, I think there's there's a storm coming, but not necessarily in in a bad way. Um, it hopefully will make everyone's experience. Oh, talk to me about talk to me about remarketing. Actually, this is the, another big mm -hmm. you know flag on this. Not just about the conversion tracking, and in doing so, maybe take a step back because we've been using the word cookie with the assumption that people understand what those things are. Can you give me a just a quick primer on cookie and then the impacts? on remarketing? Yeah, essentially, yeah, great, great question or great step back. So essentially cookie tracking or pixel tracking, which is what, again, Facebook uses, is really simply just a, a small snippet of code that gets placed on an organization's website. And that way, if you take an action um, either on Facebook or on the website, they can kind of track you across these different um, places that you visit on the internet. And again, deliver you a personalized ad experience maybe based on a form you filled out on the website or the volunteer page you visited. Um, so it's, it's just a way to assign a unique ID to someone and, and track yeah, and them they drop that They drop that literally into a little shopping bag that, that you take with you when you go to a site. Yeah. Like you're, if you're on a browser, uh, any sort of device, anything that's touching the web, like you have a little bit, a little shopping cart that runs around with you quietly gathering um, all these things so that when you go to a new site, the site's like, what you got in that bag there? Oh, it's number 6753309. Yeah. You want to see this Rothy's ad, this podcast, definitely not brought to you by Rothy's. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And then how that kind of plays into the, the retargeting, if, if you don't know what that is, is um, those any kind of or typically retargeting campaigns capabilities, especially on Facebook, rely on having that data that identifies users who have already interacted with you in some way or another. So something that um, I was surprised how transparent, again, Facebook was being with all of this um, in those webinars and kind of resources I've been reading up on is that those those audiences are naturally going to shrink, right? Because Facebook's getting less data, um, less individual one-to-one -one user data. So that aggregated kind of comes into play, that sampling comes into play, and that is going to create just naturally smaller custom audiences. And while they're typically used for things like retargeting, it's also going to affect some of those more advanced strategies. Like if you're trying to reach new audiences and you want to exclude anyone who's converted on your ad already or have been to your website, right? You don't want to waste your dollars on reaching people who already know about you necessarily. And this will make that harder to do as well. Um, so Facebook was kind of very, very transparent and upfront saying like, yeah, this can, this can impact those retargeting audiences. And I think that's where some of their like small business nonprofit efforts come into play because they know that they have a lot more to lose um, when they can't kind of have that, that small tight knit audience versus some of these large players. Um, but yeah, definitely is, is going to be impacted by it. And then the, the kind of solution, again, not a perfect solution, but really, I think where the, the trends are going to shift is really focus on building up your own data and your email list and first name, last name, phone numbers, et cetera, that then you get permission to market to and you can still upload into these platforms. Of course, you have to only do it to people who are subscribed, who have opted in to hear from is you. Is it true that Facebook, I feel like there's been rumors that Facebook is going to cut off the ability to upload 
uh, upload custom audience lists from email. Is that, have you heard anything about that? I have, I have not personally, they have not said that either. Um, which I don't, I don't know why they would say that unless they absolutely had to, but no, I haven't yeah. heard about All right. that. Well, we'll keep an eye on that rumor. I, I heard it in a, in a training I was doing. I was like, I don't know. I haven't heard that, but you're right. The, the core strategy has not changed. You really want to acquire the permission to communicate to your audience directly and own the email because it's clear the direction we're going and you can mm-hmm. wring your fists in the air about, oh my gosh, you know, you know, frankly, one of our favorite tactics is being put into Jeopardy, which is remarketing to people that have gone to your website when their birthdays are coming up in a, in a you know, 90 day window to say, hey, why not do a birthday fundraiser? We love that. Uh, that, you know, for a third or however much your iOS is like, that's going to make it much harder. Now you're saying, well, wait a minute, it's opt in. Maybe people will opt in. I, um, any number that I have found, it's, it's really actually kind of hard because it's uh, hard to determine people that are opting out versus opting in, but you're going to be able to figure it out pretty quickly when you look at the Delta on, wait a minute, it looks like the number of iOS devices has dropped off. What's going on here? Uh, you'll be able to figure it out, but not a lot of people like I would, I would estimate at most 10, 10% saying like, yeah, track me. So cookies, we understand there's a little bag, a little shopping cart running around with me. And you're like, wait a minute, this is just great for the user. Like, this is obviously what you want. Um, the problem of the pendulum swinging to this extreme, just to play the advocate of the, the devil in deep blue sea here, the devil's advocate is that like, actually you're like, wait a minute, this is like predatory, these cookies are following me and things like that. Well, it also allows you to save time logging back into the websites. And if you've ever been prompted again and again, to be like, hey, uh, why do I have to keep logging into this thing? It's because you've got a cookie and it's like, oh, you've already verified this address. It's used for speed and security uh, as well. So when you say like, oh, I wish every single device would throw up the iron curtain and the steel wall here, it's like, you're gonna hurt the functionality of the internet. And you're like, well, I'm fine living with that. If you really get down to it from an efficiency standpoint, it's going to cost you an extra two minutes a day, every single person in the country. Like that's an, a really big slowdown. And God forbid you forget your password or something like that. Um, obviously, so like, I'm not going to like you know, shed too many tears for, <laughs> for the advertisers out there and the gardening tools that are currently chasing me around the internet because I, uh, I happen to be a gardener and now it's, that's all I see. Garden, garden equipment and cars, like that's what chases me around the internet. Uh, I'm not gonna shed any tears there, but I am gonna shed tears for the loss of efficiency and functionality that depends on this technology. And I, and I, don't, I don't know the right answer, but I guess that's the, the, the trade-off there. The trade-off there, you can come back to that argument and say, well, people can opt into this or that. Uh, that's true. Maybe it is uh, choosing which which cookies want to opt in and opt out to. But um, I accept cookies actually. I um I I don't know why I do that, but I whenever it's popped up, I'm like, yeah, I'll accept these cookies. What about you? Are you a are you a cookie yeah. cookie acceptor? Yeah, I accept any and everything. I also have have zero ad blockers on any of my browsers because I feel like it would be a very a very hypocritical thing to do. Um, but I, I'm surprised how many of my other friends who work in advertising, who I won't name, um, not that anyone would really know them, but um, I'm surprised how many of them do. But I personally find a lot of benefit in, in personalized ads kind of outside of work and just with my interests. And I've made a lot of great purchases. So again, to just play the, the other side of this, um, I think something, something interesting or, or one of the last thoughts I, I'll share is that 
to your point, I think people won't notice the impacts, people as in users, so not advertisers, we see behind the curtain, we know how this all works. Um, but people who just go on the internet every day won't actually understand the impact of opting out of all of that until it, it happens. And then we'll kind of see if, if people want to re-opt in. I don't know exactly what that will look like, of course, but I think there, I've had the privilege of working at Whole Whale and seeing how we can use personalized advertising specifically on Facebook for so much good to drive yeah. actual change, to yeah. drive you know, people to get actual help or get actual volunteers. And I, I think it's, it's kind of put me in this nice little bubble, but there are a lot of people out there. And the reason why I think it's still important to talk about this and that this isn't the hill that I'll, I'll die on is because I think a lot of people do use this data and tracking for, for a lot of crummy things and a lot of bad things and to exclude certain people from seeing things. Um, and that has a lot of like nasty implications on um, that, that can't really be ignored either. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't have the right answer. I have my personal beliefs. I have, um, you know, what I personally do. I opt into all the cookies though. I have the separate, I have two separate browsers. I got the, all the cookies and then I've got the brave browser, which is like, don't track because <laughs> I want to see what the internet looks like. Actually. I want to, I always want to keep an yeah. eye on what my filter bubble is and then also what it isn't. Um, so I have, two ecosystems there. Alrighty, to tie this up in a nice tidy bow, uh, things are gonna get messy uh, before they get any better. Facebook is uh, pushing out a lot of updates. And so if you see the various people at your organization, especially in marketing communications, getting a little panicky and having to update a bunch of things on site with this new Facebook uh, tracking update, yes, and about a, you, know, you can expect about a third-ish of your traffic to get a little bit more confusing, <laughs> we'll say, or, or estimated. Uh, and you know, keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on this trend. So that that's my 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 summary. How did I do? I think great. The only thing I'd add is um more more advice I tell myself, but to just take a deep breath because this isn't like the first major change that's happened to advertising and tracking, and it's like to your point, not going to be the last. So take some deep breaths too. Listen to a meditation, and then everything will will trek on. But um, yeah, that was great. Yeah, the mentality I also like to say is like, this is why our clients need us. And this is why you're, if frankly, if you have made it to this point in this podcast and you're that level of nonprofit tech marketing geek, like this is why your organization needs you because the rules change every six months. You need to be ready for that and you need to learn it. And that's why you're there providing the value you are. If everything stayed perfectly static all the time, you know, you'd be replaced by a, by a robot. Uh, but exactly. fortunately, things change. We get a chance to learn and new opportunities open up. Megan, thank you, thank you, thank you for writing that article, which will be linked, and sharing your wisdom. Yeah, thanks. And the absurd amount of good you do with uh, social impact uh, dollars that get spent through OLAP. Um, it's incredible work. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you.